Hi guys, it's Claire and this is the Coached by Claire podcast. Each episode I'm going to be talking about the common barriers that people face when it comes to embarking on a fat loss or weight loss journey and offer helpful solutions so that you might find the pursuit of a healthier you more enjoyable. Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. Welcome to episode nine. In this one, I am going to talk about the keto diet and intermittent fasting. And I've chosen this as a subject because I have lots of people come to me and say to me, oh yeah, I'm doing the keto diet, or oh yeah, I'm doing intermittent fasting. And not all of them, but for probably the large majority of these people that talk to me about these diets, there is a big misconception about how they work. And that is because the, of the way in which these diets are marketed to us and sold to us. So I want to go into a little bit of like how they actually work and the science behind it so that you can understand that neither of these diets do anything particularly magical that cause you to lose fat or weight. And that if you choose to do one of these diets, you are making therefore an informed choice about that and that you know that you are not guaranteed to lose fat or to lose weight just because you are choosing to do one of these. I hope that makes sense. If after this episode, anyone has any further questions or wants to come back at me with anything, please feel free to contact me. As always, you can find me on social media, uh, TikTok and Instagram, coached underscore by underscore Claire. Or you can go and visit my website, coachedbyclaire.com. Claire has got no eye in it. On my website, there are direct links to contact me. So please let me know if you have any questions. So I'm going to start with the keto diet. But in order to explain kind of how the keto diet works so that you can really kind of understand it, I need to talk about carbohydrates first of all. I think most people listening to this will understand the premise of the ketogenic diet that essentially it's a really low carbohydrate diet. So you don't um, cut out carbs completely, but I think the guidance is that you eat like only 20 grams of carbs a day, which is super, super low. So I'm just gonna talk a little bit first about how carbohydrates actually work. So carbohydrates are our main source of fuel um, for the body, for movement, for exercise. And we break down carbohydrates and we ex- our bodies extract glucose and the liver turns glucose into glycogen and glycogen is how we store glucose until we then need to use it. And then when we need to use it through a number of processes, the body then turns that glycogen back into glucose and then we can use that glucose for fuel. So when we don't have carbohydrates to use for fuel our bodies can use fat instead by turning fat into something called ketones and this is how the ketogenic diet hence its name ketones ketogenic is marketed and sold to us is that we're told by removing carbohydrates the majority of carbohydrates from our diet our bodies will be forced to use fat for fuel instead which essentially is true but what you need to know is that for the most part your body will be using dietary fat and not stored body fat and they are two different things so dietary fat is all of the fats that we consume from food 
anything like avocados, nuts, oils, dairy products, meat, oily fish, like anything that's got fat in it, that's our dietary fat. And then our stored body fat is exactly what it says on the tin and is the fat that our body stores, which is not a bad thing. It's absolutely important that we all have a level of body fat. For women, it's advised that our body fat percentage is somewhere between 20 and 30% in order to maintain our health. Because if you didn't know, body fat plays a really important role in our health. I could do a whole podcast episode on that if anyone wants, but I'm going off on a tangent. But dietary fat and body fat are two different things. And I think that this is where the big misconception comes in is that people think, oh, right. So if I take away carbs, my body's going to be forced to use fat instead. And so then I'll just burn all my body fat. But that's absolutely not how it works. And you can follow the ketogenic diet to the absolute letter. But if you are eating over and above your daily energy expenditure, your total daily energy expenditure, you will absolutely not use any stored body fat for fuel. In order to reduce your body fat percentage, you have to be in an energy deficit. So just because you're doing the keto diet doesn't mean that you will automatically use your stored body fat. Now, a very, very wise woman called Emma Story Gordon, if you don't know who she is, please go and look her up she's a queen, once made a really good analogy about the keto diet, and it is this. If you think about a fire and the fuel that you put on a fire, if you put wood on the fire, the fire is going to burn wood. If you put coal on the fire, the fire is going to burn coal because that is what is there. And just like with the keto diet, if we take away carbs and feed the body with mostly fat, We are going to be, yes, using fat for fuel, but it's the dietary fat that we're using over and above the stored body fat, unless you are in an energy deficit, in which case you will be using some stored body fat. So like I said, you can be really, really rigid with what you're doing on the keto diet, but if you're eating over and above your total daily energy expenditure, you ain't burning no body fat. If you're still struggling to wrap your head around it after all of that, another good analogy, which I'm sure people have probably used before, but the fire analogy provoked me to kind of think of this, was that if you think about a car, if you give a car petrol, it's going to use petrol for its fuel. If you give a car diesel, it's going to use diesel. So again, if you're feeding the body with carbohydrates, that's our primary source of fuel. We're probably going to be using carbohydrates for fuel. If you take away the carbohydrates and replace them with fat instead, then your body will use the fat for fuel. One of the things that happens when people start the keto diet is they often feel like they have a really great first couple of weeks. They see the scales significantly change. And that is the majority of the time what we call water weight changes rather than actual fat loss. So if you remember near the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about carbohydrates and how they work and that we take glucose and we turn it into glycogen. And glycogen is mainly stored in our muscle, in our skeletal muscle. And for every gram of glycogen that our body stores, 
we store three grams of water with it. So by cutting out carbohydrates and by depleting our body's glycogen stores, we are also going to be getting rid of quite a significant amount of water. And that will absolutely translate onto the scales. So lots of people will start the keto diet and after, you know, two, three, maybe even four weeks think, oh my God, this is amazing. This is working so well. But what they don't understand is that actually their body is probably just getting rid of, depleting its glycogen stores. You're getting rid of a lot of water. You may well have lost some fat as well. But again, if you're not in an energy deficit, then you're not going to continue to use that excess stored body fat and your rate of weight loss will never maintain at that like rapid initial decline that you get when you lose that water weight so once people start to see the weight loss the scale weight loss slow down a little bit they tend to get a bit disheartened the other way in which the keto diet can help us to lose body fat is that by cutting out a whole macronutrient. So there are three macronutrients. There's protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Protein and fats are the two essential ones. Carbohydrates are not essential, which is why we can pretty much completely, well, we could completely cut them out and survive if we wanted to, although that would be really fucking boring and miserable, um, in my opinion. But by cutting out a whole macronutrient, that is going to significantly reduce your calorie intake most of the time. So people will find that by doing the keto diet, because they're cutting out a whole macronutrient, they are reducing their calorie intake. But again, and it always comes back to this, if you're not tracking and then going over and above your total daily energy expenditure, you'll just pull yourself to a maintenance or even sometimes into a surplus and then you won't be losing body fat. So you're cutting out all those tasty carbs for fucking nothing. Another consideration about the keto diet is that cutting out whole food groups is really difficult to sustain. Yes, we can survive without carbohydrates, but do you want to? I certainly fucking don't. I love carbohydrates. They feature heavily and healthily in my daily diet. And yeah, I I personally am someone that would not want to cut them out for a long period of time. And I think doing that makes it really difficult to then do things like go out for dinner, enjoy an alcoholic beverage when you want one if you've got a birthday party to go to, like there are so many things that make it really difficult to stick to and adhere to because you have to constantly think about, oh shit, does this have any carbs in it? And if it has got carbs in it, like what percentage of carbs does it have in it? And all of your most beloved and favorite meals and staple things that you eat in your house have probably got some form and level of carbs in that you're gonna have to think about, okay, I'm gonna need to like, reinvent the wheel with how I cook that or you know think of an alternative for this which is fine if that's what you want to do but just like long term it's not particularly sustainable in the same way that I believe calorie counting to be in terms of being able to have a lot of food freedom 
within your set amount of calories that you have per day. So if you are someone who's wanting to embark on the keto diet and give it a go, like absolutely don't let me stop you. I think each to their own. And if you find it works for you, then that's great. I know it's not something that would ever work for me. I know that because I've tried it before. Um, And I just find it too restrictive. And I think the majority of people will find it too restrictive. But if you are somebody that wants to like give it a go, just bear all these things in mind. It's not going to magically cause you to lose body fat by cutting out carbohydrates. You still need to be in an energy deficit, which if you have cut out a whole food group, you will likely be, but that will be difficult to sustain for a long period of time. And also that the initial weight loss that you have from doing the keto diet is not the same thing as fat loss. So just consider all of this stuff and have a think about if it is the right thing for you or not. I don't want to bash things just to bash them and be like, oh, well, that's shit. You should never do it. But I do think that it's really important that people know the science behind stuff and like why something works or why something doesn't work so that they can make an informed choice rather than just seeing someone like selling this diet on the internet or promoting a certain way of eating without actually being told the truth behind how it works. Okay, keto, that is enough of you. Let's move on to intermittent intermittent fasting. So again, intermittent fasting is not something that is going to cause you to magically lose body fat without trying. Just because you are extending the period of time between your last meal the day before and your first meal the next day doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to use all of your excess body fat. You absolutely still need to be in an energy deficit if you are trying to lose body fat. Intermittent fasting is just a good tool that can sometimes help us to do that. But you can absolutely still gain body fat with intermittent fasting if you're eating at a maintenance or a surplus, just in case anyone hadn't got that so far from listening to this podcast. So if I'm going to try and look at some of the good things with intermittent fasting, it would probably be that because your eating window is shortened, it means that then the calories that you are eating, if you're in a deficit, you can have like in a shorter period of time and therefore that sometimes makes you feel like you're eating more food. However, you still then have to have the discipline to not eat up until a certain point if you want to be eating in a smaller window, if that makes sense. Um, I did intermittent fasting for a while, totally accidentally, and it was just because of the way that my day was kind of set up. So I would get up in the morning and walk my dog four miles and then I would come home and then I would immediately go to the gym and I would do all of this completely fasted and then by the time I got home from the gym it would be like 11, 12 o'clock so I would always eat my first meal around midday and yeah so I essentially I guess I was like accidentally intermittently fasting but I wasn't doing it on purpose and I certainly wasn't not allowing myself to never eat before a certain time if it was a rest day from the gym I and I would walk my dog and I'd be home from 
my dog walk at half past nine then I would eat at half past nine in the morning so I wasn't doing it every day and I think if you're using it as a tool to help you stay within a deficit that's fine but where it can get toxic is when people are like oh I absolutely can't have anything before 12 o'clock or one o'clock in the afternoon because that will ruin my intermittent fasting and I'll put on loads of weight like that's just not how it works and that's never going to be how it works so if you're using intermittent fasting if a friend invites you out for brunch at 10 30 please don't turn it down because you're intermittent fasting you can still go and you can still have something to eat it just means that day that you're going to have to be more considered than you usually are about how you spend your calories over the rest of the day so there is a claim that you may have seen flying around on the internet that intermittent fasting can significantly improve insulin resistance and therefore reduce the risk of things like type 2 diabetes but I have looked at all of the research well not all of the research I've looked at a fair amount of research studies critiques of studies to see what they actually show us and it is found that intermittent fasting can improve insulin sensitivity but it does that because it has caused the study participants to lose significant amounts of body fat by enabling them to be in a calorie deficit because they've got a shorter eating window. So it's not the actual intermittent fasting itself which has caused these improvements. It is the reduction in body fat that's caused these improvements. It's just that they have achieved it via intermittent fasting. So when you see big claims like this on the internet that, oh, this diet will do this and this diet will do that, just take it with a pinch of salt and maybe go and have a look at some of the research and see what it says. But these big claims aren't necessarily true. It's just that intermittent fasting can be used as a tool to elicit fat loss and therefore improve your chances of not getting metabolic conditions like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance. So if you have been doing intermittent fasting and it's worked for you that's amazing if you haven't done it and you think it might be helpful by all means try it but again as with the keto diet just have some considerations when you're choosing to do something like this so please don't restrict yourself every single day no matter what your day or what your situation looks like to not eating before 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon if your friend invites you out for brunch go for fucking brunch. If it works for you that you don't feel the need to eat until a little bit later on, then cool, like that's fine. You absolutely do that. Um, if you work a job, so lots of you will know that my other job is that I'm a midwife. Um, and if you do something like shifts, intermittent fasting potentially isn't gonna be good for you because that is a large proportion of your day that you are running on empty. And when you do a job where you have other people's lives in your hands, it's really fucking important that your brain has got enough fuel in order to function properly. So yeah, just be considered about it. Like if you want to give it a go as a tool, then do it. But I don't tend to recommend it to people because I actually think just tracking your food and making sure that you are actually in an energy deficit is going to work so much better and I find it again less restrictive. So I think that kind of concludes episode nine really. I think I've covered 
most of what I feel are the important things for you guys to consider when thinking about doing a diet like keto or intermittent fasting. Um, And that actually for both of these diets to work, you just need to be in an energy deficit. So rather than cutting out a whole food group or not letting yourself eat before one o'clock every day, you might as well just count calories. Um, But if anyone's got any questions or wants to come back at me with anything, then please don't hesitate to get in contact, as I said at the beginning. And if you found this helpful and enjoyable, please, please, please go and give me a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. A shameless, shameless plea from me there. In the next episode, which is going to be my 10th, I'm doing something that I think is really special and interviewing two of my beautiful, wonderful, amazing, inspirational clients. Um, It's going to be out on Friday, so stay tuned for that. And if anyone is interested in coaching with me or wants to know more about my coaching, please visit my website, which is coachedbyclaire.com.